0: this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you please email prayer at or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox I don't know what you think about bodybuilders okay I don't know if anyone here has been a bodybuilder obviously you can see that you know I'm uh, pretty uh, pretty pretty built <laughs> in some ways mainly mainly built on McDonald's and Chinese takeaways but uh, Bodybuilders, I often find them to be a strange phenomenon. You know, they they oil themselves up and they have muscles where you didn't think there were muscles before. And I don't think I've ever seen as many muscles as I've seen on a bodybuilder. And actually, there was a bodybuilder who once walked onto the stage of a US chat show, and he walked onto the stage and he did all this, you know, bit bit of this, whatever. Um, Welcome to the gun show or whatever it is. And look at those. Have you seen these swans, is it? I don't know. I'm, I should stop where before I get uh, embarrassed. But he came onto the stage and he did all of this and he did all of this. And there was wild applause and cheers because he was so muscly. You know, a bit like when, you know, I don't know, Russell walks in a room maybe. Yeah. When it had died down, the chat show asked him a question. And the question was this. The chat show host said... So what do you use your muscles for? And he looked totally perplexed, totally bewildered. And instead of answering the question, he just stood up again and flexed his muscles and said, look at me, look at my muscles. And the chat show host again asked the question, what do you use your muscles for? And he couldn't answer because it was all show. It was all on the surface and actually, A a bodybuilder might look muscly, but often they haven't actually got the strength or the purpose to do what they need to do. They might look good on the outside, and they might look like, wow. But actually, deep down, perhaps it's not got a purpose. It's all for show. And he couldn't answer the question. So today, we carry on our series from Isaiah chapter 9, which is, He Shall Be Called... Has any of you learnt it yet? For unto us a child is born, unto us a... See, I can help you, you're getting there. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Excellent, we're getting there, okay? So today we carry on that series. We looked last week at Wonderful Counselor and I saw somebody comment on our Facebook post saying, oh, it's translated as excellent strategist. I'm thinking, no, we want the Wonderful Counselor. We want the one we talked about last week. Wonderful, wow. Only God can do it. The counsellor, the one who walks beside us, the one that goes before us, the one that knows what you're thinking before you think it, the one that knows what you're going to say before you say it, the one who knows your past, the one who knows your present, and the one who knows your future and has dealt with it all. That's a wonderful counsellor. And today we're going to think of mighty God. Remember, this is about the baby promised, the baby born, but the son that was given. This isn't about any ordinary baby. This, you know, Akena is a baby that's been born. Jesus was a baby born, but a son given. When you think about mighty God, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I couldn't help but think of mighty mouse, personally, but obviously a mouse is pathetic. And I got to thinking, where did mighty mouse get his power from? Does it, I don't know. I didn't do any research, but my, here he comes to save the day. That's the song, wasn't it, I think? Mighty mouse but he was a little mouse that did things. But then you've also got people like He-Man, yeah? By the power of Grayskull, yeah? I have the power. Apparently, I didn't know this, but He-Man was actually only really supposed to be a toy, and the cartoons and everything were made around it afterwards to promote the toys. So He-Man, this superhero with all the muscles, but today, the superheroes, He-Man, Mighty Mouse, and all of those pale into insignificance when we look at the mighty God. Mighty God. All of those superheroes actually rely on a power from outside of themselves. You know, He-Man's power is in grace school. You know, Spider-Man, it was because of a spider biting him. Superman, he came from another planet, but he had a weakness, kryptonite. Jesus was relying on himself because he was the mighty God. He was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all three the same, Christ, God, and Spirit. What those people, you know, Mighty Mouse, He-Man, probably trained, muscle men, strong men, trained for hours and hours and hours, spent hours in the gym, pumping a bit of, pumping a bit of whatever it is, iron, that's the one. Jesus didn't have to train because he was given. He was the son given. He was simply the mighty God from birth. From birth, he was the mighty God. Fragile baby, yes, in human terms. But he was the son of God. He was the son of God, both human and divine. Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7, I'm going to read it in full Says this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor Firstly, let's look at that first statement of the government will be on his shoulders. At a time where actually the government in this country has come into lots of criticism, especially yesterday, there's been lots of criticism for not seeming to know what they're doing. And then we can go to other countries and see that the government not necessarily doesn't know what they're doing. The government will be on his shoulders. Does that mean he's going to come and conquer our government and he's going to lift them above the mire? no. What it means is he's got to take burdens. The the shoulder is a very significant thing. It's seen as a thing that can be relied upon. You might sit there and go, well, not my shoulders, Johnny. I've got a bit of a weakness. But actually, his shoulders are broad. We talk about someone having broad shoulders that can carry responsibility, that can carry weight. Basically, it's saying you can lean on him. You can depend on him. He will be able to take whatever burden you have. He will be able to take whatever you lay on him. But there were people who led kingdoms, particularly in this time, and they would wear robes. They would be effectively like the prime minister, I think, and they would wear robes, and on their robe, there would be a key. There would be a key on their shoulder, either a real key or a picture of a key. And that meant that they had the keys to the city. Have you ever heard of somebody who's been given the keys to the city? Yeah, it's a particular thing in America where they get the freedom of that place because they've done something amazing. And they said, you can have the freedom of that place. Don't actually really know what it means. I don't know whether it means they can go in and do whatever they like and get away with it. Who knows? I think it's a bit symbolic. But in these days, the person who wore the key on their shoulder, they were the main man. They were were the main person in that city. They were in charge. You listened to them. They were responsible. Well, when it says the government will be on his shoulders, it's that image of a person with a key on his shoulder. And actually, Jesus didn't just have the keys to a city, the Bible tells us he has the keys to the kingdom. And he came saying, I've brought the kingdom of God. I've brought the kingdom of God a place, a kingdom where there will be no end. It will not be voted out. It will not be voted down. It will not be a place that is taken lightly, but his kingdom will be forever. And who has the keys to that kingdom? Jesus, the mighty God, the mighty God. The one who takes the government on his shoulders. When you've got the keys to a city, it means you've got freedom. Yeah? Freedom to come and go as you please. Jesus has the freedom to come and go as he pleases. But also, if you have the keys to the city, you can share that with your family and friends. If you've been given the keys to the city, you can share that, that privilege with people in your family. And with people who are your friends. Which brought me to some of the verses. John chapter 15 verses 12 to 15 says this. It says, my command is this, this is Jesus talking. My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus says, you're my friends, if you do what I command. He's got the keys to the kingdom. And if you're his friends, you share that privilege. You share that privilege. You've been given the freedom of the kingdom of God. Is that exciting? Yeah? Because it's all about him having that government on his shoulders, that key on his shoulders, that responsibility to bear burdens. But not only are you his friends, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to 18 says this, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Says mighty God, you will be my sons and daughters. So not only can you be friends, you can be family. Isn't that amazing? You share the privileges twice for the person with the keys of the city because you're his friend and his family. And he can give you that same freedom that he knows. What does it say in Isaiah before these verses? It says the child and the son, this child that's born and the son that's given, they're going to shatter the yoke of the oppressor. They're going to get rid of the burden. That this child is going to do something significant, and he does it for his family and his friends. So the question we've got to answer this morning is: Are you part of the family? Are you one of his friends? Are we willing to say yes to him? You're my friends if you do what I command. What does he command? Love one another and love the Lord your God first. You can be his family if you do those things, says Almighty God. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how these things connect all over the Bible? The message is the same. He was going to defeat oppression, he was going to shatter burdens. And he would have the keys to the kingdom to offer us because he's got broad enough shoulders to take everything that you carry. That's exciting. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing today, he can take it on him because he's paid the price already. But what about mighty God? Quite simple, isn't it? Mighty God. we, We sort of understand what it means. yeah. Mighty, what does mighty mean? Well, we think of it being strong. But not like that strong man whose muscles have no purpose. God's strength has purpose. I, I heard a story of a, a plane, and there was a plane flying from America across the Atlantic. And um, the captain came over the intercom and said, uh, Sorry, uh, passengers, whatever he says. Uh, I have to inform you that one of our engines has stopped working. However, uh, we can make it to where we're going on just the three engines, but we will be delayed by about an hour. So anyway, carried on. Another announcement gets made. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, I have to regret to inform you that actually we've got a second engine that's now down, and, uh, but, but we can make it on just the two engines, but it, it will extend the time by another hour. So they carry on flying and about half an hour later, I said, I'm really sorry, I don't want to worry or alarm you, but, but a third engine is now gone, leaving us with one engine, and, uh, but we can still make it. However, there will be another hour added to our destination, time arrival. To which one of the passengers piped up and went, I hope he doesn't lose the other one, though we'll be up here all day. But anyway... That person didn't understand where the power was. He, he was too concerned. He didn't understand the purpose of the power. The purpose of the power of the engine was to get them to their destination. The purpose of the power of God is to get us to our destination. To be part of his family. To defeat sin. To defeat death. So that you could have the keys to the kingdom. So that you could have the freedom to enter into his presence. That's where the power's purpose is. Jesus isn't some strong man with no purpose. He came to shatter burdens. He came to set you free. He came and was born a baby so that we would see God and we would know everything he was. Mighty can be translated as champion or hero champion or hero and all of that imagery of champions and heroes made me think of the television program gladiator if you, you ever seen gladiator long time ago some of you are not admitting to being that old um there was one particular particular game called hang tough and it was a it was a whole roof full of rings and you'd have the gladiator and the contender it was gladiators, ready, contenders, ready. And one of them would be at one side, hanging from these rings. The other one would be at the other side, hanging from the rings. And the idea was it was like a bit of a game of TIG, really. Because the contender would swing and swing and swing. And I think they had about two minutes. And they had to evade capture by the gladiator. And the gladiator would menacingly come closer and closer and closer. And eventually, if they got close enough, the gladiator might jump and grab them around the waist. So they are hanging by the rings, now hanging with a gladiator hanging off them. who's then going, come on, get off, trying to beat them. And they would hang there, and you could see them straining every sinew. And if they managed to stay on the rings for two minutes and avoid being captured, they well deserved to be a champion, didn't they? They well deserved to be the winner, to be the hero of that game. Well, the definition of a champion is someone who's left standing after conflict is finished. The definition of a champion is somebody who is left standing after the conflict is finished. Does that not describe Jesus? After all the things he went through, he was still standing. In fact, he was resurrected and he was ascended and he's in heaven now. And he was better than just a fragile baby. Jesus had all hell thrown at him. And yet he still stands to this day. He is a champion. He is mighty. He is indeed a hero. A hero is someone who's looked up to. Someone who's done amazing things. Someone who holds the respect of people. We all know humans who we've, we've said are our heroes. I, I, um, I loved a footballer called John Barnes growing up. He was my hero on the football pitch. But when I went to Liverpool University, I heard little things about him that made me lose a bit of respect, but he seems to have got himself back on on track these days. But actually, he was a hero, but he was fallible. Jesus is a hero that will never fail. Jesus is a hero that will never let you down. So was Jesus mighty? Is he a champion? Is he the one that's left standing after conflict? Is he one that we can look up to, that we can depend on? The answer is... Yes, because he went through hell for you and for me. He is mighty, not just as a person, but he's mighty over events. He's mighty over events. He healed lepers. He calmed storms. He made the sea flat when it was wavy. He was able to restore a fallen creation. Is that not a picture of a mighty God? The one who is able, the one who is a champion, Matthew chapter 8 verse 27 says, The men were amazed and asked all sorts of questions. What kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They were amazed because he was mighty over nature. Matthew chapter 9 verse 33, When the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Do you know the word amazed is used throughout the Gospels to describe what Jesus did, to describe who he was, to describe what he says. So was he mighty? <laughs> yeah. Did he do things that only God could do? Yeah. So actually these verses in Isaiah that were written 700 years or so before, are they not accurate? Yeah. Because he was and is the mighty God. He does things and does things today that are clearly mighty and heroic. He does things that are clearly of God and his own death and resurrection demonstrates that he is the biggest champion there's ever been. He is the biggest champion there's ever been. He's mighty over his enemies. At his birth, they tried to kill him. When he lived, they tried to stop him. And even death couldn't hold him. And he rose victorious. He was mighty over evil. The devil couldn't defeat him in temptation. The devil couldn't, couldn't do that. The corrupt leaders of his day couldn't stop him. He was and is mighty God. Do we get in the picture of Jesus? Yeah? Not only is he wow, wonderful, he is a mighty God, a champion, a hero, a one who is all powerful. Do you know, we all depend on a power that is outside of ourselves, don't we? Even as we sit here, we're dependent on the electricity. I'd say we're dependent on the heating, but that was dependent on me putting the timer on to come on earlier. It did come on, but it's a bit cold. We're all dependent on something outside of us. Gas that does the heating, electricity. But the only power outside of ourselves that can transform is Jesus. The only power outside of ourselves that can truly transform and change our lives is Jesus. There's evidence in this room to prove it. There are people in this place right now who have been transformed and changed only through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus because they've got the keys to freedom. They've got the keys to his kingdom. Not just the keys to barrow. That'd be great, maybe. The keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Do you know, power misused is dangerous, isn't it? If I got a load of petrol, poured it all over the place and struck a match, Reminds, that, reminds, not a minute, that reminds me of a joke, just for those of you who are starting to go to sleep. Simon, you might like this one. How do you make a, how do you make a cat go? Woof. Cover it in petrol and strike a match. Woof. Anyway, that's, I don't advise you doing that, by the way. Cat lovers. I, I could tell one about dogs. How do you make a dog go meow? Tie it to a car. Meow. Anyway. Balance there. Balance. We're okay. Balance. All right. Please don't go out and harm your pets to see if it's true. Okay, I'll just give that disclaimer now. Power misused is destructive and damaging. But that same petrol and a spark, when it goes through an engine, it's amazing, isn't it? Because we can go places. That same power with a purpose makes a difference. And you know, the mightiness of Jesus has a purpose. The mighty God that's mentioned of this child has a purpose. And what was its purpose? The purpose of the power is to die and defeat death and sin. To demonstrate God the Father. To demonstrate all of those things that was the purpose of the power the power of God's hope to save us the power of his love to die for us and the power to save us from an enemy who wants to steal kill and destroy are you still running after the enemy because he wants to steal kill and destroy don't go there whether it's addictions to Drugs, sex, gambling, porn, any of those things. The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. Yet the power of Jesus is here to bring life. And life to the full. Do you know the strength when we realise the mighty power of Jesus. Maybe you don't understand, maybe you've never seen that mighty power. Think of the boy with his lunch that gave it to Jesus. He realised the power of God when it was multiplied Think of the disciples in that boat as the storm was stilled. They realised the power of God when Jesus did that. Today, there are lives in this room who realise the power of God that has been at work, that has stilled some of their personal storms, that has brought peace in the chaos. Once we realise we have mighty God on our side, then the question is who can possibly be against us? Because he will walk through the valleys. He will walk through the times. He will go through the fire and the floods. Because of you. And because of me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 to 10. As I finish. Says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's us. Jars of clay. Ordinary. Nothing much really. But with a treasure deep inside. If you know Jesus this morning. That is you. A jar of clay filled with treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side. Maybe that's how you feel this morning. We are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. God won't let that happen. We may be perplexed at what we find ourselves in, but not in despair. We may be persecuted, but not abandoned. We may be struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because if you're a Christian this morning, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus, the power of Jesus, may be revealed in us and through us. Mighty God, champion, hero, over all. Jesus had a power with a purpose. He wasn't like the strong man. It wasn't just for show. It wasn't just on the outside. It was on the inside. Today, mighty God, born as a baby, but given as a son. He can be the power at work in your life today. He can be your champion because ultimately, he is the champion. He is the one that will be left standing after all conflict other things we follow will get knocked down but Jesus remains the same yesterday today forever he's already beaten it for you you can put your trust in him he is the champion because at the end of all time he will still be standing will we be standing with him will we be standing with him because today you can make the choice to stand. The responsibility is yours. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we can remember Jesus at this time of year. Not only was he the wonderful counselor, the wow, the, the, the thing, the person that only God could explain. But he was mighty, he was not is mighty God. He's the one who was amazing and astonishing. He was the one who calmed the seas. And Father, this day, I pray for people in, our, in this room or people watching whose stormy seas feel like they're overwhelming them. May they read those verses in 2 Corinthians chapter four that say, we have this treasure in jars of clay and we may be hard pressed, but not crushed. We may be perplexed, but not in despair. We may be persecuted, but he will never abandon us. We may be struck down, but not destroyed, because we stand with the champion of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.